0: Welcome nerds. It's time to debrief you on the world of pop culture. Loading up rockabilly track. Now establishing time travel rules. Preparing updates on movies, TV, wrestling and more. ANS
1: 5.0 activates in 3. Two, one, welcome to The Amazing Nerd Show. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is The Amazing Nerd Show. All right, on this week's podcast, we're going to be covering all the crazy DC movie news that just came out, and we'll also be reviewing the Amazon Prime series Paper Girls. Plus, we're talking the
0: latest in wrestling. All right, but before we move on, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. And while you're at it, give us a five-star review and DM us
1: a screenshot. Not only will we read it on the show, but we'll send you some amazing nerd show swag. Let's get into the news. Every week, we collect the biggest headlines and rumors of nerdum. We're not mild-mannered reporters. We're mere podcasters with
0: opinions. Warning potential spoilers for upcoming films and shows ahead. Check timestamps to avoid spoilers. You have been warned. All right,
1: up first in absolutely insane news, apparently the Batgirl film
0: has been canceled as Warner Brothers Discovery has a new vision for DC films. So I think it's fair to say there's been a bit of a drought as far as DC news goes, especially with Marvel dominating at San Diego Comic Con. But then, Warner Discovery news came crashing in with Batgirl getting erased from the release calendar completely. The film starring Leslie Grace that was either completed or near completion is being 100% shelved by the studio after poor reception during its test screening. New York Post wrote that the film was unsalvageable and will not be released in theaters or streaming even after their $90 million investment on that project. So it's interesting because right after the story
1: broke, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery went into damage control, kind of, and released a statement saying that the film's cancellation had nothing to do with its quality and the performances of Leslie Grace and the filmmakers, uh, and they look forward to actually working with them in the future, but the film being scrapped had more to do with a change in their strategic approach uh, to the DC films. Uh, and there have been like other insider reports kind of backing that up. Uh, but at the same time, there's been other reports stating exactly what that first story was saying. One quote from the screening, uh, described the film as a bad episode of a TV show. So I don't know where the truth exactly lies. We're definitely getting mixed messages at the moment. Uh, I'm disappointed though, personally, cause I was looking forward to the film. $90 million just seems a lot for a film that'll never see the light of day. Uh, mm-hmm. I, they also scrapped the Scooby-Doo film that was supposed to be coming out, and I don't even know how much in the hole they were for that film, and that was that, that movie was complete I believe. There was another report out there saying that this would end up being like just a huge tax write-off for them, but in the long run I guess they would only save about $20 million. And, I don't know, it feels like they could just release those films in the theater and easily make that money up. Uh-huh. It just doesn't feel like budgetary wise, you know, and even like PR wise, it fiscally like makes any sense to do this, um, you know, because on like the PR side of things. I mean, this has to leave, and I mean, I know it does for me, just a horrible taste in people's mouths when it comes to, like, you know, the DC universe. As a fan, like, how are you going to ever, like, invest and get excited about any of these films if you feel like, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery is just going to pull the plug at any moment? You know, I mean, it just feels so mismanaged. And I know, like, you know, transitions are hard and everything like that, but to just, like can a movie that's pretty much already done and that you're like 90 million dollars in the hole for um i don't know man (laughs) like i mean as a batgirl fan i'm you know
0: absolutely disappointed um it's just so unheard of Mm -hmm. it's it's so weird to see a company willing to take a 70 million dollar loss out of of the blue it just just doesn't make any sense especially the way that they're describing it as hey yeah this was pretty decent you know we had a great directors had a great cast but we're not going to we're not going to show you any of this it's just kind of (laughs) odd like
1: because you could totally release it as like oh this is just a one-off this doesn't Uh really fit into what we're going to be doing in the future fans are going to accept it i mean right now you have a lot of like one-shot projects like the joker Uh, so like continuity wise your cinematic universe is kind of all over the place so I mean people would have accepted it Um, to me that is kind of a reflection on the quality it feels like that's what they're trying to say without saying it Mm -hmm. Um, because otherwise I don't see why you wouldn't just release the film
0: right exactly I mean even to your point of there being all these standalone films even if this was more connected and i wish i could say it was because even people's descriptions of like michael keaton's involvement have been like he has like two moments with her in the entire film uh you know as, as people have described at least as leaks are coming out for that mm-hmm. but um i, I don't know it, it it seems like maybe they were trying to tie it more into this universe after the flash but i I I doubt that it was going to be that extensive that they couldn't just release this anyway. And with the tax write-off,
1: the math is kind of fuzzy. I don't know if that means, like, they would just be $70 million in the hole or if they would be $70 million up, you know, when they write it off. Um, So I'm not sure exactly how that works. But regardless, like, (laughs) in a year where you've already delayed multiple, like, projects of yours, like, there's no way this isn't a black eye PR-wise for you. And I think they're really gonna have to do a lot to get like DC fans excited again, you know, for their cinematic universe. It's gotta put into question, you know, other projects like that Supergirl show that was supposed to be coming out that I believe is connected both to the Flash film and Batgirl um, because they both have like Michael Keaton in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there's Blue Beetle, which was supposed to be a direct to HBO Max movie. So like, is that in danger of being shelved also? And then to top things off, we've also heard that they're not happy with uh, Bad Robot, J.J. Uh, Abrams' production company. Like, in the progress that they've made with their numerous, like, DC projects. Because they've got, what, uh, uh, Justice League Dark, right? Um, and then I feel like they're doing the Green Lantern, like, show or something like that.
0: That was what has been said so far. I don't know if there was more than that.
1: Yeah, I, but there was a couple of things, right? So, I mm-hmm. mean, who knows if those you know projects are happening um and then what about the uh the Batman uh spin-off shows yeah because they're supposed to be doing a penguin series and then like an Arkham Asylum series <laughs> which sounds fantastic but are those series going to get canceled now i know they've been making tons of cuts and there's been a huge reshuffling happening with hbo max uh they're pulling tons of original content off of the service right now as we speak because they just don't believe in the strategy and how they were going about things you know prior to the merger um i'm guessing that they're going to try to shop around that original content to other streaming services um because they lost a lot of money i guess last quarter so i don't know if that's the approach that they're taking and that's why they're you know getting rid of that original content but I mean only time will tell.
0: Following this announcement we heard from the new CEO David Zaslav about you know HBO Max and Discovery Plus merging and how them scrapping projects was in order to you know restructure with a 10-year plan as they see the great value in DC properties. Zaslov stated in an earnings call there will be a team with a 10-year plan focusing just on DC. It's very similar to the structure that Alan Horn and Bob Iger put together very effectively with Kevin Feige at Disney, we think that we could build a long term, much stronger, sustainable growth
1: business out of D.C. Uh, He went on to say, we're not going to release any of the films also, uh, unless the focus is going to be on how are we going to make each of these films in general as good as possible. Um, You know, for me, it kind of felt like he was throwing a little shade (laughs) towards you know maybe Batgirl and other DC projects in the past I don't know but when it comes to the films still on schedule currently uh Black Adam Shazam and Flash he was quoted as saying that we're working on all of those and we're very excited about them so that's good news because there were rumors going around that you know those films might be delayed and maybe that's still the case but there was also rumors saying that you know maybe those films get shelved uh which would be terrifying to think
0: Either way, as a new person joining up with this team, you know, seeing what they did with films like, you know, Batgirl, I'd be afraid. Like, am I gonna do all this work? Yeah. They're not gonna like it, and then just scrap it. Yeah, you no. Know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. As an actor or a creator, like, uh-huh. you gotta be a little hesitant now when signing a contract with, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery, because who knows? You know
0: what's gonna happen? Like, will they just shelf your shit? Because they're not afraid to apparently. <laughs> uh- Even so, this was something I. Pretty much asked for when I heard Discovery was coming in, I was like, "Fuck it, just make a hard, clean swipe here and decide if you're going to, you know, continue to build on what they have or make something your own." And I think it is almost the better decision to start making, you know, their own franchise and building from there because I, I don't, I don't know what you do with what you have right now. I agree to a certain extent. I just need more details. You know like what does
1: your vision look like mm-hmm. um i i want to see like a roadmap map at least like does this mean you're going to go the marvel route and we're going to start fresh and you know really do a lot of like world building and you know everything needs to be in continuity or are we going to continue just doing kind of like one-off projects and just worry more about quality and story and i think some of my fear stems from them possibly repeating the same mistake Warner Brothers did initially with the DCEU where they like bit off more than they could chew right off the bat. You know, they tried to fast track a universe um, and it didn't work. They were trying to do what Kevin Foggy did in half the time. Um, And it it just was a mess. And there was a
0: lack of an overall narrative. I mean, like you said, it just depends on how they want to approach this. If they do again, start with Justice League rather than, one of their other superheroes, yeah, we'll, we'll probably end up having the exact same issues that we had the first time around. But I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic that they seen what went, what, what went down, and maybe they have a better idea. When you have Ant-Man reaching its third film and and dc hasn't gotten to like sequels yet on most yeah, of their heroes right. <laughs> it's disappointing no I,
1: and i don't blame it at all for wanting what you know marvels doing on the other side of the mm-hmm. fence i mean who wouldn't want that and i love everything that he said in the press release about not releasing films until they're ready and all the focus being on quality that's great mm. um it's just this latest decision has me really questioning whether or not they have the right people in place to do so. And maybe that's the next step in like creating buzz again for DC, is they introduce us to a new team of people that we can get excited for. Because they need a visionary like Kevin Foggy really like captaining this ship at this point. And that's what I feel like DC's always kind of lacked, unfortunately. Also for me, and I know we don't usually talk about wrestling up front, but I'm really concerned for AEW. Cause they're underneath, you know, the Warner Brothers Discovery umbrella right Mm -hmm. now. And with them, like making so many budget cuts and this being like a negotiation year for AEW, uh, for the new TV deal. I mean, it just doesn't bode well for the company because just like HBO max, we're hearing like similar rumors for TBS and TNT as channels. Mm. Like they really want to streamline the content that they put out there and what they spend on that content. So, I mean, AEW is really looking to get a huge like, you know, boost in that contract so they can compete with WWE and I, I don't foresee that happening right now unless there's aspects to AEW's relationship and, you know, Warner Brothers that we don't know about. And there have been rumors that, you know, Warner Brothers actually has a certain amount of money invested in AEW, but I don't know if that's true and those are just rumors. Like. I didn't foresee AEW getting canceled or anything like that because they're still number one in their time slot every week, at least for dynamite. Um, but <laughs>
0: after you know Warner Brothers just, you know, getting rid of Batgirl like they did, I mean, who the fuck knows at this point? Yeah, it's very much up in the air. You you have to hope that you know AEW won't be affected by all this. Uh, would. Well, speaking of upcoming
1: DC projects, uh, we got a Joker 2 teaser out of nowhere this week.
0: Top Phillips' next film, Joker Folly Ado, will in fact star Lady Gaga along with Joaquin Phoenix, as in a quick 18 second teaser, showed both of them kind of in a cut out form image dancing with one another. On top of that, some unconfirmed reports from The rap claim a majority of the film will take place in Arkham Asylum, much to what we predicted here on the show.
1: Yeah, we've heard the rumors for a while that Lady Gaga was going to be playing Harley Quinn, but this was like the first actual official confirmation that we got.
0: Also along with that, we got an official theatrical release date, which is October 4th, 2024. Like I said in the past, I feel like at least with the right script, the right direction, Lady Gaga can be a good fit for this role. Uh, We'll just have to see if uh, Phillips can do that, you know? Here's to hoping. All right. on the Marvel front, we got a possible tease for a second season of
1: Moon Knight.
0: While Disney and Marvel may not have confirmed it themselves, there was a TikTok going around the web recently featuring producer and director Mohamed Diab and Moon Knight star Oscar Isaacs playfully answering the question of if there will be a second season with their own question, what else would we be doing here in Cairo? While a sequel is most likely going to happen, in some shape or form, I'm not convinced that, you know, it's already in production the way a lot of people are looking at this video and claiming. Yeah, my guess is they're probably doing like
1: location scouting. There's no way they released this little cute TikTok video on their own. By the way, knowing what type of a ship like Foggy runs, they must have got permission from the MCU. I mean, a second season of Moon Knight only makes sense, especially with the way the first season ended. Yeah. It really felt like there was plenty of meat on the bone, um, so I'm not surprised at all by this. And this was rumored. I mean, from the get go, we always kind of heard that the only reason why the series was labeled as limited was because they wanted to get like Emmy uh, consideration. Yeah, but fuck that. Let's get more Moon Knight, all right? Fuck I, the Emmys. I agree, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent.
0: Fuck the Emmys and more Moon Knight, please.
1: Well, to top things off, we also got the reveal of a possible Eternals sequel.
0: In an interview with the Today Show, Patton Oswalt dropped that there will be an Eternals 2 with Chloe Zhao remaining at the helm. However, it seemed like he didn't know too much about the film and it was clear that a script at least hadn't been given to him already, but he was elated by people's theories about the next project, saying it would be awesome if it continued to feature more of his character Pip and Harry Styles as Star Fox. The first film did end in a way where it was a bit of a cliffhanger and you know, opened itself up to a possible possible sequel, so a continuation of course makes sense. I mean, there's a
1: lot of slats opened in phase six,
0: so who knows? I also felt this little slip-by
1: pattern was kind of strange because, I mean, he knows better being a huge nerd himself, <laughs> so I find it very hard to believe that he didn't realize that Eternals
0: 2 wasn't, you know, announced yet. But. Who knows? I'm sure there's some plan for the Celestials to be involved in either Secret Wars or something going on with Kang, at least. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. It's just more of a question of whether or not they wanted to continue that story in a sequel or if that was going to be a story that would play
0: out during the next couple phases. It is funny, though, that in all the projects that have come after Eternals, uh, there's been no mention of this giant celestial that's dead on their planet. I don't know. I mean, shit like that happens in the comics all the time. I mean, we
1: don't know what, you know, characters are discussing off screen. So uh-huh. so it doesn't bother me too much. Uh, you know, in the comics, they would totally just write it off and say, oh, well, S.H.I.E.L.D. has some kind of like cloaking device around it. So average citizens don't see it, you know? I mean, that's how they would have totally explained it away. Or even like Doctor Strange casted a spell. Something like that, right? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Something very convenient. (laughs) But anyway, moving on to more Marvel news. It seems like She-Hulk's premiere date is getting pushed back
0: by just a little bit. Looks like Marvel Wednesdays are moving with She-Hulk getting pushed back a day to August 18th um, with each episode after that releasing on the following Thursdays into October. So while Miss Marvel was definitely a critical success, um, I don't think it did well
1: necessarily in streaming numbers. And a lot of people have been speculating it was due to it being released on the same day as Obi-Wan. So with Andor coming out, you know just a couple weeks after she-hulk i'm wondering if they were worried about both of those shows being released on the same day and that's why they wanted to put like she-hulk on thursday with andor still being released
0: on wednesdays release-wise i was enjoying being able to sit down disney plus and watch these two shows back to back but i get it i mean if it gets more people talking throughout the week for each show it makes sense well and I mean, really, it's a 24 hour difference. So it's, uh-huh. you know,
1: I guess it just kind of gives each individual show their own day, you mm-hmm. know, where they get like that 24 hours worth of buzz on its own, um, you know, before the other shows released. But like I said, once again, that's just me, you know, speculating on my ass. Well, speaking of Andor, it also got its release date pushed back, uh, but this time by a whole month. Uh, initially, it was supposed to be released August 30th, and it's now coming out September 21st, which is a Wednesday. But along with that news, we also got a brand new trailer. To steal from the Empire? To just walk in like you belong? They're so proud of themselves. So fat and satisfied. They can't imagine that someone like me would ever get inside their house. All right. Well, let's go ahead and break this down, Christian. Uh, So we start off the trailer. We're seeing people armed uh, looking on in horror as a Star Destroyer comes to the planet. We get glimpses of what I'm guessing is a young Andor. At least that's who I think it is. Uh, Since we know that, you know, because of Rogue One, he's been fighting the Empire since the age of six. Uh, Mm -hmm. Then we see shots of the Senate. Uh, Also, at some point, we see and hear from Mon Mothma. We know she's working within the Senate to kind of sow the seeds of rebellion. I know during Clone Wars, we get to see her in a few episodes. But I think it's pretty cool that we're going to get to really like know the character
0: here. I mean, we're definitely getting a whole nother level to this character, you know, trying to infiltrate the empire the way she is. Yeah, I mean, that's at least what this trailer makes it seem like, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're really seeing like the beginnings
1: of the rebellion. Anyway, moving on, we also see a, a bunch of Imperial officers uh, wearing those cool white uniforms that uh, Thrawn wears. We also see Stellan Skarsgård. I, I don't know if that's how you say his first name. You know, Daddy, Daddy. I just him Guy from Thor. You know, yeah. Daddy <laughs> Skarsgård, right? <laughs> Pennywise's dad. Uh, <laughs> Uh, He's all over this trailer. Uh, He's trying to recruit an older Andor, though, who at this point, I'm guessing, must be operating on his own or maybe for his planet. Uh, But it looks like he's really trying to recruit him for, you know, a mission and probably, I'm guessing,
0: the Rebellion. Um, he is seen flying, you know, what seems like Imperial ships of his own. So he must be on the inside as well. We also get moments with death troopers, a couple of
1: shots of like phase two clone troopers, which I still find strange timeline wise, but maybe this is kind of like, you know, the last you know, group or battalion of clone troopers before they completely transition into like, you know, their
0: stormtrooper phase. I mean, hell, maybe they'll even show them getting decommissioned in the show. Who knows? Do you think we get an appearance by uh Tamira Morrison? I mean, if we're seeing clones, we're at least hearing his voice, right? <laughs> you got to figure. <laughs> Do you get live action Bad Batch in this somehow? <laughs> I'm not sure, because the Bad Batch takes
1: place right after Order 66. And Andor takes place five years before Rogue One. So who knows where the Bad Batch is at this point? I mean, maybe, right? Uh, but would that be spoiling, you know, what happens in the Bad Batch? It could,
0: but, you know, it's about the journey, not the destination. Right? <laughs> I would love
1: to see it. I just don't know if they'll go that route. <laughs> who knows? I mean, we could also get an appearance from Rax or Ahsoka, for that matter. I doubt it, <laughs> but it'd be cool. But we do know we're getting an appearance from a past character from Rogue One uh, in the form of Saw Gerrera, who has this hostile confrontation with Daddy Skarsgård, which is his official name now. (laughs) I mean, hell, even Two Tubes shows up, which I'm still upset that we didn't get a Black Series figure (laughs) for. You have too many already, all right, Damon? That's your opinion, sir. (laughs) (laughs) But after this brief scene, uh, we see uh, clashes taking place in the cities between the citizens and Imperials. Uh, We see those blue uniformed Imperials uh, show up again, uh, which we saw in the first trailer. I guess they're called inspectors. Uh, This is according to a Lego set leak. Of course. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but speaking of the inspectors, we see this unknown character being captured by them and brought in for interrogation. Uh, we later see that this character has some kind of close uh, relationship with Andor. I don't know if this is a, a love interest of some sort, uh, hmm. but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Also, after this, I don't know if you notice this, but we see Skarsgård again, and he has long hair. And he's all, like, dressed up at some kind of party, maybe with, like, politicians. So I'm guessing there's some kind of time jump happening here. I don't know if this is from the past, before he's on his mission to take down the Empire, or, like, maybe it's during it at some point. I'm not sure. But then, like you said, we see him in some sort of ship, you know, blasting at the Empire. So...
0: But just from this trailer, I do feel like there's going to be either a playing narrative that's going to be happening in multiple timelines or time periods, I should say, or they'll just, or it'll be riddled with, of course, flashbacks. I'm excited
1: though that Skarsgård seems to be like one of the main characters because he's a great Mm -hmm. actor, you know, whatever his first name is. (laughs) Stalin,
0: Stalin. Something like
1: that. Also after this, we see an older woman crying in front of Andor's family droid, who's named B2. We only know this because of toy leaks, of course. (laughs) I don't know if this could be like a mother or a grandmother for Andor. Then we get some nondescriptive explosions (laughs) happening, uh, and Andor's in some sort of facility, probably sabotaging shit. At least that's what it looks like. And the final shot is of a doctor or a scientist with forearms and really cool goggles working on someone, and that was pretty much it.
0: Did I miss anything? No, uh I mean beyond some like montages of action sequences, I, I it's all it's it's all very quick. Yeah, There's a lot like going said, on in this trailer. It's pretty <laughs> nondescript, it's just explosions uh-huh. happening. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the trailer's
1: feel overall. Mm-hmm. It feels very like cold and serious, almost like a war film. Um which mm-hmm. is kind of what we got with Rogue One, if you think about it. Uh, but I really like the tone that they've kind of established here with this trailer, especially the way you can really feel the tension like building throughout it.
0: No, I absolutely love the feel of this trailer. I, you get that seriousness with the Star Wars aesthetic. That's what I loved about you know Rogue One is you know you're dipping Star Wars into the you know the grudge of a wartime story. Yeah, I mean you're really diving more into like the
1: grittiness of the war aspect of the franchise. Because, it, I mean, right, it's called Star Wars for a reason.
0: Yes. <laughs> you know, with this having a longer episode count than, you know, some of the shows we've got in the past, you know, the 12 episode, count, I wonder, you know, are they're going to do this in a structure of like he's going on different missions, you know, every time we see him, is, is it just going to be pure espionage? Or if they just need him on the inside to, you know, like save a few people? I think it's going to be a little bit of all those things,
1: honestly. Mm -hmm. Especially, I mean, you can really go in so many different directions with you know twelve episodes, and we know this has already been confirmed for a second season. I mean, there's only so much story you can tell because, I mean, obviously, you know, Rogue One is right around the corner Mm timeline-wise. Although, I guess if they're diving into his past, I guess the sky's the limit, really. I just really love the aspect of getting more of a grounded look at the Empire from the perspective of you know. The galaxy citizens if you
0: will I love that they're continuing to double down on you know the empire being you know so arrogant as well like i love that um line delivery of you know they're just out there getting fat and really enjoying themselves uh because we saw that in obi-wan where they don't have any real defenses to their base because who dare who would dare you know attack them you know
1: also i didn't talk about it but i also liked you know in the very beginning hearing Andor gloat about infiltrating the empire. Mm-hmm. Like he really seems to enjoy like sticking it to them. So I'm guessing we're gonna get a look on exactly why he does what he does, you know, besides the obvious reasons.
0: I mean, I'm just hoping, you know, this isn't your typical, you know, hero's journey. You know, we, by the time we see him in Rogue One, you know, he's he's numb to everything. He's willing to just execute and do whatever mission is possible. And I hope to see, you know, him go even further down that rabbit hole throughout this series. No, I agree 100% because story-wise, Like, you need to see exactly how he
1: becomes as jaded as he does, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, he can't, like, end the series being hopeful, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, when we meet him in Rogue One, I mean, he's, like, the cold-hearted, like, tool of the rebellion who, you know, is willing to get his hands dirty. Um, So I'm hoping that's the character we get to meet.
0: But we'll get to see what this series is all about with the first three episodes dropping on September 21st. And now a quick word from our sponsor, Manscaped. Hey you,
1: got bush? Well, you definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped. Taking control of your bush is important. These products are so good, you're going to be showing pride in your new bush-free yard. It's a fact that you'll have the best-kept nut sack on the cul-de-sac. So save big and be the most hygienic version of yourself by using our discount code 20NerdShow for 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com.
0: Listeners, you know I don't got bush because Manscaped helps keep my rocket raccoon high and tight. Whether you're looking to go bald like an eagle or just in need of a safe trim, Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. Listeners, the grooming
1: package I highly recommend is the Performance Package 4.0. That's because inside the package is the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is a Bush's worst nightmare. This trimmer is designed to reduce grooming accidents and shave hair on loose skin, thanks to its ceramic blades and advanced skin safe technology.
0: No need for night vision goggles, this trimmer has a LED light to allow you to mow the lawn in the dark. It's basic landscaping, when you trim the hedges, the tree stands taller. The second best tool in the Performance Package is the Weed Whacker. This fine-tuned nose and ear hair trimmer will make sure your nasty nose pubes are under control. Instantly add some pep to your step with the Crop Preserver Ball
1: Deodorant and Crop Reviver Spray-On Tasty Toner. With the Performance Package purchase, you get two free gifts, a Shed Travel Bag and the pack- and high performance, reduced chafing manscaped boxers. They have a bunch of other products on their website to help you maximize
0: your confidence and grooming gain. So listeners, get 20% off plus free shipping with our code 20NerdShow at Manscaped.com. Kate Bush may be trending at the moment, but your bush needs some help. That's right, so make sure you're running up that hill and get
1: 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com by using our code 20NerdShow. It's time to level up your grooming game with the ultimate bushwhacking tools from Manscaped
0: all right christian so this past weekend you watched a brand new series that's right i watched paper girls warning spoiler alert minor spoilers for paper girls season one ahead you have been warned holy shit This is a psychotic break. 12 year old version of yourself broke into your house with her punk friends? If that really is future you, maybe she can call someone. Who's she gonna call? Time travel 911? Do you want to call (laughs) 911? Oh, good lord, there are future robots. We need help. So to be honest, I knew nothing about this before coming in and didn't even know it was coming out till you know the buzz around a new Amazon Prime show, you know, started popping up everywhere. So I felt like, sure, something to watch, you know, something to check out. From the jump, I wasn't super impressed by paper girls, you know, and I have no idea about the book or how faithful this show might be to it, but those first few episodes were kind of in the middle range for me. It was it was kind of take it or leave it. I could have dropped the show, especially if it was coming out week after week, instead of being available to binge. You know, it really felt like a slowed down version of Stranger Things uh, with a kind of Doctor Who plot as we follow the girls displaced in time as the paper girls make their way from 1988 to 2019, getting caught up in a war over you know who controls the timeline. And while those first few episodes were a little stale for me, it would be the performances and story of our main four Aaron, Mac, Tiffany, and KJ that got me more invested in their journey. Their individual struggles while dealing with their inevitable futures and discovering who they are was enthralling as a show. And maybe want to see their reactions to you know all their lives as it continued on, which was the best parts of this series and helped me look past a lot of the typical issues you run into telling a time travel story with very loose rules. But where the show kind of falls off for me came down to its antagonist in the end, you know, the old watch, as I feel like the show was trying to make you question who's really wrong or right in this struggle between the STF and the old watch who are fighting over whether or not to change or preserve the timeline as they go on. You know, its execution in this felt a bit sloppy and kind of rushed especially when we get introduced to grandfather the leader of the old watch in the last half of the series because he's neither menacing or compelling as a character meanwhile adina porter who's playing uh prioress i think that's how you say that um felt like a good villain throughout the series until we got to the end and the focus really shifted off of her the show also ran into a quite a bit of the show also ran into a couple like pacing issues as well and in fact some scenes just felt like they were there for padding rather than to actually benefit the show like they were just trying to make those run times longer but in the end similar to how i felt about miss marvel the real star here is the connection and journey these girls have and i think with a bit of you know some fine tuning here this show could be a big series for amazon and while i personally hated the way they handled the ending here and its cliffhanger I could still see myself choosing to watch a second season just based off my investment in these girls. They are written very well, beyond the fact that I'm not sure I really believe that they're 12 year olds, but that's another story. So with all that said, I'm gonna be giving Paper Girls a B It's a series with a lot of potential, and I definitely think it's worth checking out if you have the time. There's just a few moments that could have either been cut or replaced by moments that would have you know enhanced the story by giving more for the antagonist to do that might have made this a little bit more interesting to watch. And now it's time for Christian's Corner. Well, this month Gamescom is on the horizon, so gaming news should be picking up each week. But before that, AEW's anticipated game Fight Forever released some details after a teaser was leaked by Xbox online showing off some of the new game modes coming to their title. THQ Nordic actually has some plans for a showcase on August 12th, so we might actually watch it live on Twitch. But anyway, they released a you know official cover for the game and a press release for AEW's Fight Forever. In the release, it details you know match types, its career mode and online multiplayer, along with a creation suite. Um, in career mode, players create their own AEW star um, who competes in matches and stories over an event schedule. You earn points by winning matches and completing objectives. These points enhance your character's stats. They also listed off all the match types in the game, which is going to be singles, tag team, three-way, four-way, ladder matches, the casino battle royal, um, falls count anywhere, an unsanctioned lights out match, and exploding barbed wire death match, which I was surprised to see made it into this. And we got confirmation on being able to customize wrestlers, movesets, entrances, and arenas, which is actually something I didn't really expect to see in this game. I didn't think we were going to get too much beyond actual wrestler creation and maybe movesets on top of that, you know, just because they want those to be as integrated. But the fact that there's arenas too makes it sound a lot larger as a title. In the leaked teaser trailer, there was also footage of mini games and confirmation of intergender matches as well. Um, there was a dance minigame and a baseball mini game for some reason, along with a, you know, kind of play on the Casino Battle Royal, um, as you have to collect some falling coins in the ring. Very Mario Party-esque. But it's clear here that there's a heavy focus on an arcade style of game, which will give its own unique feel compared to what we've been getting over the years with 2K. But the mini games, you know, threw me off a little bit. They seemed a bit odd for this type of title. However, you know, the press release did give me some promise with the career mode and creation suites that at the base of this game, it'll be something fun to play but let us know what you think. You can join me next Friday on Twitch when we check out the THQ Nordic Showcase. So make sure to follow us there and also check out our WWE 2K universe that we have going on, where we book our dream cards and let them fight it out live every Thursday and Friday on Twitch. But all right, enough of simulated wrestling. Let's talk some real wrestling. And sure, 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 I did what I had to do. And not only for myself, but so that we could create the greatest women's division that we ever had. But I am reminded
1: that I am not defined by one match. No, I define the match. And I am not defined by any title, I define the title. And I will not be defined by any man. I define the man. Well, Christian, we are a couple weeks into the regime change now for the WWE. And I don't know if you've been watching, but for me, uh, so far, so good. Okay, okay. I did catch most of SummerSlam, and all in all, a, a solid show. But it was mostly McMahon's script, I guess, because they chose to really just tie up loose ends story-wise, which I do appreciate. But with that being said, uh, you know, Triple H's fingerprints were definitely on the card, uh, And we did get some strong hints on where, you know, WWE is headed in the future. As an example, in the match of the night, uh, Becky versus Bianca, at least in my opinion, uh, I mean, they stole the show at WrestleMania, so I shouldn't be surprised. But uh, we saw Becky turn face at the end, uh, shaking Bianca's hand and hugging her. So, I mean, finally, that ill-conceived heel turn, which lasted a fucking year, (laughs) is Mm -hmm. over with. But then also afterwards, while Bianca was celebrating in the ring by herself, Bailey returned with a new faction made up of Io Shirai, who's now going by Io Sky, and Dakota Kai. I guess Dakota was brought back last minute and rehired. I I, I, I don't know if you remember, she was let go, like, just a couple months back. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, but they got in the ring, they confronted Bianca, Uh, they only backed down once Becky jumped in the ring uh, to Bianca's defense. But with that being said, the unfortunate news is Becky will be out for months, I guess. Uh, During the match, she uh, suffered a severely separated shoulder, uh, which Mm. is just a testament to her toughness. Because she was able to perform at a real high level, and you couldn't tell that it was really, like, bothering her that much. Like, she was still pulling off all the spots, which is a real testament to her toughness, because she was still able to perform at a real high level, uh, you know, especially with that level of separation. But regardless... I'm super excited that Bailey's back now, finally. Uh, she's absolutely one of my favorites, as you know. Uh, I love the idea of a new dominating faction in the women's division just shaking things up. Uh, and it definitely feels like Triple H, kind of like w- what we talked about last week, is going to be rehiring some of his favorites from the past that Vince didn't necessarily see value in. Mm-hmm. Io was also someone who, under McMahon, didn't look like she was going to resign. Until Triple H, you know, got into power. So, I mean, these are all positive things. And there's also a rumor right now, and this is just a rumor, that uh, some kind of deal has been reached with Sasha and Naomi. So we could be seeing them returning in the near future. Which I'm not surprised by at all, knowing, you know, Sasha's relationship with Triple H. Uh Mm -hmm. But, I mean, things are definitely looking up for the women's division overall. So before I get to mention, later on on the card, they actually had Ronda turn heel against Liv, which is just more course correction, in my opinion. I mean, Mm -hmm. Ronda never felt right as a face since coming back. My guess is they're probably looking to get Becky and Ronda ready for the WrestleMania rematch, you know, once Becky, of course, is healed up. But like I said, the rest of SummerSlam was fine I'm not going to do a match-by-match review whatsoever. Like I said, I feel like they were just kind of like tying up, you know, loose ends. I mean, I will say the main event was at least entertaining, and they did the best they could with that match, especially since we've seen it like seven times already. I'm talking about uh, Brock versus Roman. Uh, Uh Brock, I'm sure you've seen at least the gifts at this point, right, (laughs) of Brock lifting up the fucking ring. Yeah, over and over again. Yes, yes. It was a pretty cool moment overall. So, Uh, but anyway, moving on to the next night. Raw felt completely like a different show, uh, which I was kind of expecting, especially since it's the first show fully under like Triple H's new like creative vision. But holy shit, did we get a whole lot of wrestling and not just wrestling for wrestling's sake, but like actually like good wrestling matches were given time. Uh, I mean, we got some shitty finishes here and there, but there was just m- much more of an emphasis on ring work. Uh, Bailey's group, who is primed really to run Rough Shot overall, their storyline went throughout the entire show. They eventually beat down Becky, who did give a short but logical explanation for her face turn, which I appreciate. Like, she's not just like randomly back as the man. Like she explains her thinking and, you know, this new state of mind, which I mean, we haven't gotten that in the past. So I love uh-huh. that. Like, at least there's some thought put into this. <laughs> like she's just not a baby face out of nowhere now.
0: So, but with uh, Becky out, does that mean it's going to be kind of like a bully situation where you have the three of them going up against Bianca Belair um, each week until she needs two people to show up and possibly have Naomi and Sasha join? She did team up with Asuka and Alexa Bliss. uh, Okay.
1: You know, because uh, Alexa and Asuka were both jumped during their match uh, by Bailey's team. So we did have this standoff between the six women happen uh, and it set up a match between Io and Bianca. Later on in the night, and they got like 15 minutes. I mean, it ended up in a DQ with both, like, you know, groups of women jumping in the ring and beating the shit out of each other. Mm. But I mean, they got time and it was a pretty damn good match. So I can't really complain that much there. I mean, the whole DQ thing and, you know, the stupid finishes to matches, I feel like that's going to take longer for WWE to transition from if they ever do. But, I mean, here's to hoping, right? Uh, But anyway, regardless, I could definitely see Naomi and Sasha joining up with Bianca, but I could also see Sasha joining up with Bailey in the crew, right? Mm -hmm. So either way. And I also wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, put Naomi and Sasha over on SmackDown, which I'm not even sure what brand they belong to at this point (laughs) because they were tag champs when they left. Uh Uh, And I don't even know if the brand split's still going on because there's still a lot of like intermingling between the two brands, honestly. So I wouldn't be surprised that that's announced where they just get rid of the brand split altogether because that felt like kind of the direction they were going in with, you know, the, you know, the world title being unified and the tag titles being unified. So also along with Triple H trying to revitalize the women's division, which it's sorely needed, it also seems like he's trying to elevate the mid-card scene uh, and the title picture, at least on the men's side. Uh, they did this awesome video package just hyping up the importance of the US title and its lineage, showing all the former Hall of Famers who've held the belt. It was really nicely done and I'm hoping that they do the same thing for the IC title over on SmackDown. Uh, But then the show featured like a tournament of sorts that uh, saw two triple threat matches take place. uh, One with Dolph Ziggler, Chad Gable, and Ciampa. And uh, another match with The Miz, AJ Styles, and Mustafa Ali. The winners of these matches were going to go on to wrestle for the number one contendership for the U.S. title. Both matches were fantastic. Uh, The wrestling felt a lot looser to me. Uh, It just felt like the shackles were kind of off and I felt like people were doing more in the ring than we're used to seeing on Raw. At the end of the day, we saw AJ and Ciampa win both of their respective matches to face off against each other later on with champa getting the upset win against aj styles which is a pretty big fucking deal especially compared to how champa was being treated just a month ago on the main roster so where it just felt like he was kind of like the mrs like
0: whipping boy which is a damn shame yes that that's ever been uttered in a sense, right champa being anyone's whipping boy I mean, two weeks ago before McMahon left,
1: if you told me Ciampa would be winning a high profile match uh, and, you know, facing off against Lashley for the U.S. title, I'd say you were on drugs, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't feel like it was in the cards. But I mean, Triple H values him and lucky for Ciampa, daddy's home, right? By the way, I just want to briefly touch on WWE. I mean, changes in the air. It looks like actual wrestling and in-ring work seems to be valued now go figure uh don't get me wrong i'm still in this like wait and see holding pattern overall Mm -hmm. but i mean there are some strong signals of more of a fan-friendly product on the horizon when it comes to
0: you know the fed if you will and i mean if episodes continue to get the you know approval that i've been seeing online you know from people and you know people sharing the same sentiments as you maybe i'll come back you know maybe i'll watch an episode yeah we'll see i mean we're far from like
1: black and gold raw or anything like that happening Uh uh and we're recording this on thursday so we haven't seen smackdown yet so uh i'm really interested to see what he does with that show and if similar changes are in store Anyway,
0: Christian, did you watch Dynamite this week? Yes, I did. Uh, what did you think of the show? I mean, they're they coming off a great show last week. Um, I still thought I, I had a decent time with this episode. Again, we're gearing up for a lot of different shows going on. You know, we got the the bash at the lake or some shit like Quake, that. We got Quake Battle at the, the lake. <laughs> Quake at the lake. Sure, whatever.
1: Right. I'm sure next week will be called the bash <laughs> at the lake. Uh-huh. <laughs> Since every dynamite needs to have a name now, right? exactly yeah it totally took me off guard i didn't realize uh battle of the belts 3 i don't know if that's what they're calling it it's taking place this weekend on saturday i gotta say this time around i'm a little more excited for the card i mean the first two shows were a little lackluster Uh, Mm -hmm. i know we got wardlow versus Jay lethal happening thunder rosa versus jamie hater
0: and then what was the last match christian Uh, there was also going to be the ring of honor world championship between claudio and takesta oh yeah that's right i totally forgot about that that's gonna be a hell of a match yes (laughs) that's what made me want to turn in tune in i should say i don't
1: know i'm really excited for jamie hater versus thunder rosa they had a great tag match on dynamite Mm -hmm. and can you believe it? it was during the first hour (laughs) And they got time, right? And the crowd was actually into it. Amazing. Amazing what you could do when you don't put them in like the dead spot on the card. (laughs) I know they look like they're planting seeds of a breakup between thunderstorm during that match, but I could actually see, you know, maybe uh, Britt and Jamie Hayter breaking up. Like, I wonder if they're going to swerve us.
0: I don't know. They haven't shown any signs recently of them splitting up, but that would be a good time to do it. I could just see like maybe Britt does something to
1: cost Jamie the match, Mm -hmm. or at least Jamie feels that way. And then that's what causes the tension. I just don't I don't think we're going to get another Thunder Rosa Britt Baker program. You know, going into All Hmm, Out. Oh, no.
0: So I wouldn't be surprised
1: if we get that Britt Baker, Jamie Hader program that we've been kind of, you know, waiting for for, you know, over a year now. But anyway, speaking of long form storytelling,
0: what did you think of the big breakup for the Undisputed Elite? Um, You know, I enjoyed seeing the kid cry. That was fun. (laughs) (laughs) You're a sick fuck. (laughs) <laughs> just in the way that they were standing, you saw it was coming like immediately, like seeing the young bucks separated and, you know, between all three of them. I, I- yeah, the execution wasn't great. Like I'm enjoying the story,
1: but it just felt like wires somehow got crossed. I don't know if it was mm-hmm. the verbiage that Cole was using and maybe, I don't know. Signals got crossed, but <laughs> it felt like either fish attacked Nick too early or Kyle fell asleep and didn't attack like uh, Matt soon enough. But regardless of who's to blame, like it just felt disjointed, so it kind of like lost its impact. But with that being said, I did like the save by Hangman. Of course, um, I like that they left it open whether or not Hangman and the Bucks are officially like reunited for this like you know trios tournament. Um, I loved Hangman's butterfly jeans. I don't know if you caught those. <laughs> I I was very confused. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for them on Amazon. I don't know about you, but oh my God. Uh, anyway, um, I'm also wondering if Kenny is going to get involved somehow. We've been hearing strong rumors that he's supposed to be making his way back sooner than later. Uh, we know that, you know, Tony Khan was holding off the trios titles tournament until he returned. Um, uh, so like you know, is this another swerve? You know, is it really going to be the elite in the trios? You know, uh, tournament, and then like Kingman has to team up with the Dark Order.
0: uh, possibly. It'd be a great return for him to come back next week because he would have to come back next week yes. if they're going to start this tournament. Because what? <laughs> we're only like a, a month away from uh, all out. Uh-huh. So the tournament has to
1: start soon, right? Uh, and you would think that we get brackets announced and teams announced for it, like by the end of the week, if not early next week.
0: Unless it's like a, a four-team situation where it's only you know four players at at stake here. I
1: will say like they've been keeping trios like records like this entire mm-hmm. time, so they could justify you know putting brackets together based off of that. So I'm guessing you have to rule out Undisputed error for right now, since, Mm -hmm. you know, Cole has stated that he hasn't been cleared yet. And the same with O'Reilly. They were still good enough to attack, though. Yeah, but Cole just did, what, like a super kick or something? Or a knee? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he didn't take any impact himself. I mean, I hope they're part of the tournament, but I'm wondering if we're going to have to just wait for that, you know, whole feud, like, after the fact. Like, maybe they're the first challengers, you know, to the Elite. Or maybe they like cost them the tournament. Who knows? You got, you got to figure House of Black, right?
0: Yeah. Dark Order. Some. I was wondering if uh, Billy Gunn and the Ass Boys count. That's a possibility. They were like undefeated for like three
1: years Mm -hmm. or something crazy. So uh, that's a strong possibility. Although they did suffer a loss in a pretty fun dumpster match this week. Um, The Best Friends, right? hmm. Right. You probably get the best friends and Orange Cassidy involved. What is that? Four teams?
0: Uh, does Pac come back for, you know?
1: Oh, maybe. Death triangle? Yeah, maybe. They've got so many groups, right? Yes. It just depends on like how long the tournament's really going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's gonna be taking place during Dynamite and Rampage, and God knows they need to get Rampage's ratings up because it, it's been like abysmal right now. I think they just had their lowest ratings of all time last week. So, uh, you you could kind of tell by the way they booked the show this week. There's a lot more like marquee matches on the show. Yeah. So, um, but like we talked about uh in the front of the show with you know Warner Brothers Discovery <laughs> being willing to cut bait so quickly, I mean. <laughs> I'm sure it's got Todi Khan a little nervous. Do we see FTR? Former trios with someone? Uh,
0: they did tease possibly doing it with Punk, but I mean, Punk's not going to come back yeah, for that. No, yeah. You know, if he's back, he's going to be in the uh, title match against Moxley, mm.
1: maybe. uh <laughs> Depending on the results of Moxley versus Jericho, which is happening at yes. the Quake at the Lake, and I feel like FTR most likely will have like a tag team title match against like Swerve for our glory or wherever the hell their name is. <laughs> uh You know, maybe for all the gold because that feels like the match that they're. They've been building up to, even though I thought it would feature FTR versus the Young Bucks, I'm I'm guessing... They probably had this idea for the trios tournament, so that's why they didn't mm-hmm. go that route just yet.
0: They haven't announced any possibilities of outside teams, right? Like anyone from like New Japan or any other
1: company? No, not that I've heard of. And I feel like they have so many trios teams in-house that they don't need to do that. Yeah. So I would much rather have them just focus on the wrestlers
0: that they've got right now.
1: Oh, you know who I'm, we're forgetting? The Blackpool uh, Combat Club.
0: Yeah, they could definitely be a part of it. Maybe have, what, Claudio... Um, Daniel Bryan and... Uh, Brian. Wheeler. and wheeler
1: because otherwise i don't know what you're doing with brian danielson i mean i guess you could have him have a rematch against daniel
0: garcia and avenge his loss Yeah fuck that 50 50 stuff though right <laughs> i agree i agree it was just a really good match i wouldn't mind seeing it again so <laughs> oh well yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh jericho appreciation squad can come up as a trio that's true 2.0 and Garcia. Uh, that's
1: absolutely true. They could do that. Uh, what do you think about Anna Jay's uh, heel turn? Uh,
0: it's been okay, I guess. Uh, Her attacking random people is is not coming off that great uh, for me.
1: You know what? I think the, I'm the only person, but I actually kind of like it. <laughs> I see a lot of people like complaining about it, but I don't know. I think it's funny. She's basically doing the Butch character that's happening over on uh, WWE with uh, Pete
0: Dunne, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. So same type deal. <laughs> I'm just not buying it yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- that's probably why she's with Jericho
1: to get better with her promos uh-huh. and everything like that. But I think it's kind of fun. So out of all the teams that we just named, which half of them probably won't actually be in the tournament, who do you uh-huh. think is going to come out
0: the winners? Maybe House of Black. You want to have a strong team as your. Because I can't imagine that the Bucks are going to win. I feel like there's going to be some shenanigans unless Kenny Omega is involved
1: yeah but at the same time I don't know if you have Kenny lose like coming back right if he does return mm-hmm. um, that sets up feuds that way no you know? I understand but I mean and I guess they did just have Ryan Danielson lose but uh-huh. I I could see them wanting to put those titles around the biggest stars in the company to really like establish yeah. them So I feel Mm. like if you're going to do that, then you put it around the Elite's waist. Also, I'm wondering if we're going to have some kind of like tag match between the House of Black and like Sting and Darby. Mm, Yeah, that's got to be coming soon. Because they've been teasing like a feud between Mm. Sting and Malachi Black. And I don't see that being a singles match. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. So I could see like maybe Miro teaming up with Darby and Sting against the House of Black on the pay-per-view. Which would be another trios match. So maybe Darby's Sting, uh-huh. <laughs> Miro or a trios team in the tournament. I don't know.
0: At least with a guy like Miro, I can't imagine, you know, anyone wanting to do any high-flying spots, you know? Like, it's, it's at least going to be a little bit more grounded. You're not going to stop gonna be that encouraged. old man. You are not going to stop that old man from jumping off of things. Uh, apparently not. Ugh. I'm just afraid Sting's name's going up on Brody King's arm next, you know. <laughs> Can you believe crazy ass Darby tattooed his fucking hand? I believe it. You know,
1: <laughs>
0: it definitely looked like Sharpie at the end of oh, it. Oh no, I think it, that was a straight it, up tattoo. I believe he would do it. Yeah, that was a
1: tattoo. <laughs> just the way it was running, and everything like that. That was a tattoo. Uh So um, I'm not surprised by that at all. But all I know is I'm just super excited that the trio titles are finally here, regardless of Mm -hmm. who the fuck's in the tournament (laughs) at this point. I could I could even see Hangman and the Dark Order winning the belts on the elite. They're they're kind of going back to that storyline of Hangman trying to give the Dark Order like confidence. So I could see him almost like teaming up with them to like help them Mm -hmm. out because of that um so maybe that's their
0: storyline but i could be wrong. i mean it would give them a lot more purpose to have the trio styles that would be a good angle for them
1: so lastly what do you think about the builds for uh jericho versus moxley at quake at the lake
0: um i had i had a lot of fun watching you know jericho versus wheeler i'm glad that wheeler's still getting you know main event matches on dynamite you know it's really pushing him as a star uh but I I don't know what to think if Jericho is going to go over Moxley or not. It would be great to see Punk versus Moxley, but Punk versus Jericho makes sense. I'm also
1: a little worried that Jericho might win the title. Not that I have a problem with Jericho as the champion. It's just I really want to see Moxley versus Punk. Uh, The Mm. only reason I could see them changing course is to just shake things up. And I could also see them not wanting a babyface versus babyface situation happening. Because uh, we we honestly got that last pay per view, right? We got Hangman Page versus uh, Punk, right?
0: Yep. Feel like that will lock Punk though in a feud with JAS till like the next pay per view after that or big special event.
1: Yeah, especially with uh, Jericho's pension for long ass programs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do you feel like Jericho's uh, due for a break, uh, wrestling wise? Just because I know he has like a tour coming up. Mm, So, I mean, maybe that won't be the case at all. Uh, And uh, Jericho versus Punk would be great, right? It's a rematch from uh, the WrestleMania match. Yes. Speaking of tattoos, I guess initially during that program, they were going to actually have a spot where Jericho would tattoo his initials on Punk. (laughs) But then McMahon was worried about blood. Uh, What? (laughs) And yeah, tattoos, you know, they might bleed a little, but... Give me a fucking Uh break. Not that much, especially just for like a CJ. You know, so they, (laughs) so instead they had Jericho pour fucking whiskey all over, punk. I don't know if you remember this. Uh
0: I remember that, yeah. And then like
1: break the bottle over his head. But I think the bottle broke first or something. I might be misremembering here.
0: It was something weird where the bottle starts to Uh break or
1: something like that. Uh, But anyway...
0: Uh, well, now they could do an angle where they put J-A-S oh, on. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I would punk, love that. On his you know? ass?
1: That'd be great. Uh-huh. <laughs> Big Daddy Magic can hold
0: them down. <laughs>
1: I love that the guy has to bring up his nipples like every promo now, too. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> now, this is a long shot, but what if Jericho beats Moxley and then beats Punk... And then we finally get a payoff for the Kingston-Jericho feud, with Kingston
0: beating Jericho for the title at the uh, Arthur Ashe show in New York. That would be incredible. That would be a great storyline. Fuck. Jericho would get booed out the fucking building if he beat Pong. So
1: many fans would be pissed off, though.
0: Uh Uh-huh. In Chicago? Like...
1: So many people would be pissed off. I mean, I don't don't think they would do it in Chicago. I think they'd probably let Punk win in Chicago, but like maybe a rematch on Dynamite or, you know, maybe it's Moxley and Punk, you know, on, you know, the pay-per-view and then somehow Jericho gets thrown into that program afterwards, wins the belt, Mm -hmm. and then you have Eddie versus uh, Jericho. And Eddie finally gets redemption and gets the big title win. I mean, that's some next level fantasy booking definitely so don't take anything
0: i just said seriously but uh-huh. i would abide it so much right i mean it just feels like they gotta put the belt on kingston eventually right why not do it this is the ultimate underdog at this point uh-huh. fans would go crazy even if it's just for
1: a short period of time like it really reminds me of fucking mankind back in the day Like when he got his surprise Mm -hmm. win uh, over The Rock on Raw. Like you could do something like that and just give him like a month or two, like, you know, title reign if you want to. Or let him hold the belt for a while. Why not? Um, You know, I mean, he's super over and I love all his matches. So, I mean, I feel like he'd be a great representative of AEW.
0: Have we had a Kingston Omega feud at all yet? Absolutely
1: not. Yeah. So, I mean, you could go that route too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I feel like. Kenny won't be out of the title picture uh, for long, uh, depending on whether or not like he has the trios belts at that point. But with that being said, I feel like we're probably going to get a really long program between the Elite and the undis- Undisputed Error. Or what are, what are they calling yeah. themselves now? They can't call themselves the Undisputed Error. Are they just going to call themselves the Undisputed Elite? Or is that too derivative? Do they just call themselves Undisputed? I would.
0: I would probably just go with Undisputed, but right? I don't know. I like that.
1: I think that works just Mm -hmm.
0: undisputed that's pretty cool
1: it makes more sense than undisputed era i don't even know what the fuck that means also i mean we're assuming that punk's gonna be ready true we are just assuming you know maybe this jericho moxley match is the start of a bigger program which i know a lot of people wouldn't be happy with but i don't know i'm fine with it jericho has a lot of haters nowadays and i'm not sure why um but i mean the duke could still fucking go i mean All you have to do is watch the, you know, match between him and Wheeler. I mean, he gave Wheeler a lot, too, during that match. Um, So I wouldn't necessarily be completely surprised if Jericho doesn't get another title reign, you know, uh, before all said and done. Um, I think it's just more of a question if, you know, Punk is ready or not at this point. But anyway, we're just pretty much booking the territory at this point. So uh-huh. <laughs> let's call it a night. Next week, we'll probably be back with more extensive Dynamite coverage. There's just been a lot of excitement in the air WWE-wise, so we definitely want to discuss that. Um, but I'm sure next week we'll be back to our you know regular scheduled AEW rundowns. Well, that does it for this week. That's right, and as a friendly reminder, if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, remember to
0: subscribe, rate, and give us a five-star review. Exactly, it sure does help an independent podcast like ours continue to grow. And while you're at it, make sure to tell a friend. Plus, if you like any of the
1: stories we talked about on this week's episode, make sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter
0: to catch the full articles, trailers, memes, and more. That's right, you can follow us at Amazing Nerd Show on all social media platforms. And hey, if you're looking for extra content, make sure to catch our streams every weekend on Twitch, plus YouTube videos Monday through Friday. Want to support the show further? you can head over to tpublic.com and get yourself some amazing
1: nerd show merch. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, and more. And if you post what you bought and tag us on social media, we'll send you some additional nerd swag if you live in the United States.
0: Well, all right, David, what are we talking about next week? Well, Christian, we're going to have a whole lot of reviews. Uh, We'll be reviewing
1: Bullet Train, uh, the latest Predator sequel, Prey, and the
0: Sandman series. Plus, we'll be talking about whatever's going down in wrestling. My name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that was The Amazing Nerd Show.
1: If you travel to the past, that past becomes your future. And your former
0: present becomes the past, which can't now be changed by your new future. Exactly.